and um, I just felt uh, uh, in earlier in the week in reading <clears throat> in my morning reading and devotions and reading this particular psalm, uh, the Lord just quickened some things to my heart, and then later on in the week, Spirit of the Lord just directed me to uh, minister from this psalm from some things in, from Psalm number 11. So turn to Psalm 11, if you would, this morning. Now, I don't have, um, if I clear my voice or throat, <coughs> I, I'm not sick, okay? I'm not sick. I don't have a temperature. Uh, I don't have the flu. I did have a little bout week before last of some bronchitis and things, so... I'm still ha uh, dealing with some, some throat issues, but I'm well, okay, all right? So don't, don't be alarmed, all right, if I have to take a drink of water or, or uh, clear my throat. But uh, I want to I talk to you this morning from Psalm 11, and if you would, uh, we're going to begin reading with verse 1. Read the whole psalm, it's only seven verses. But Psalm number 11, it's a psalm of David. And he says this, In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string that they may shoot secretly or in darkness at the upright in heart. Notice verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. And His eyes behold and His eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous. But the wicked, now there's some that don't believe that, but that's what the Bible said. The Lord tests the righteous. But the wicked and the one who loves violence... His soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. And I want to call your attention, I'm going to be touching on some things from this psalm, various verses, but... In verse number 3, where the psalmist said, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can the righteous do? Father, we thank you today for what you have done thus far in this service, for, the, for your presence here today. I'm asking you for your help this morning to deliver your word, to bring in a word of encouragement to your church today and that you will speak through me, help me to help your people. May the Word of God build our faith today and strengthen us and encourage us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm 11, as I said, is attributed to David. And you can tell by reading this 11th Psalm that... David here is in some sort of danger. In reading the commentaries, different commentators and commentaries um, that commented on this psalm and gave their 
insight on this psalm. Uh, none of them... None of them actually agreed on what the situation was that David was in. So we don't know for sure what he was facing. We do know that in David's life, he did go through a lot of of, uh, difficult times and difficult situations. We do know that. But we know from this text, in reading this text, that David's life is in a point of danger. We know from reading this text that the wicked... The wicked have targeted him, that they have put him in their sights. He said the wicked are bending their bow and making their arrow ready on the string, that they may shoot secretly or privately or in darkness at the upright in heart. So David was facing a threat. He was in a place where he was being targeted. It was a time of danger. And it was a time of conflict in his life. And another thing that we notice from this psalm is that during this time of danger and conflict that there was also a conflict that was going on in his own heart between faith and fear. He's receiving advice from people. People are telling him, David, you're in trouble. You need to run away and hide. You need to flee as a bird to the mountain. You need to get, you need to get out of Dodge. You, 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 you're in trouble. And uh, either people were telling him this or it was, a, it was voices that was going on within his own soul and in his own heart in the midst of this conflict telling him, David, you just need to run away. Just get away from it all. Flee as a bird to the mountains because your very foundations, the very foundations, the thing that you are standing on and believing and trusting in, the very foundations are falling away and crumbling under you. Everything is falling apart. And that was kindly the situation that David was, was, was facing in this 11th Psalm. And so the classic question then is asked in verse number 3, and that is when everything around us seems to be giving way, when everything around us seems to be falling apart, when the very foundations are being destroyed or seemingly or apparently being destroyed around us, the question then is asked, what can the righteous do? What should be our response as a church, as believers, as men and women of God, when everything's crumbling? And I don't know, you know, we've all been in that place at times in our life when everything around us and our very foundations around us seem to be destroyed and falling apart. And we've probably, many of us, have even asked the question at one time or another, Lord, what are we going to do? And that's the question that comes to David. What can the righteous do when the whole foundation around us, everything seems to be falling apart in our lives? Well, some, some you know, said to him, well, you need to run away. You need to flee. Some are encouraging panic and some are encouraging fear. And that's one thing that the enemy always does is try to encourage fear in the, in, as a response when things are falling apart in our life. But David, I love David's response here in this 11th Psalm when he said, How can you say to me? And here was his response for those who are inciting fear in his life. 
those who were inciting panic in his life, those who were saying to David, everything's gone haywire and everything's gone wrong, you just need to find a place and run away and hide. And David's response is, how can you say that to me? How can you tell me to run and flee and hide as a bird? Because it's in the Lord that I put my trust. I want you to know something this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that if you've got your trust in the Lord, your foundations are not in danger. If you've got your trust in Jesus Christ and in His Word, I don't care what the foundations look like in this world, your foundation is not the same as the foundation of those in this world today. We have a firm foundation that we are standing on today. And I I refuse and reject the voice of fear and panic and dread and doubt today because my foundation is in Christ and it is not in danger. Amen? Praise God. That was the answer that David said. I put my trust in the Lord. Why should I fear? Why should I run? Why should I panic when the Lord, that's what David said, when the Lord is still on His throne. And so in this 11th Psalm, we see two different things. We see in this Psalm the advice that fear gives But then we also see the response or the um, answer that faith gives. Now, you know, it goes without saying that we, this nation, the world right now is in a very stressful situation. We are definitely under attack with, um, with the coronavirus pandemic that's going on. I've never saw, and I, don't, I imagine probably none of us here in this service this morning can remember seeing anything quite like what we're seeing now. Uh, I was talking to some folks this morning before church. I can barely, I can barely remember a few years ago, um, I remember the swine flu. Anybody remember the swine flu? I remember that because I was in a revival service um, and a guy was preaching about the swine flu. And that was a few years ago in a revival service in Festus. So that's, you know what? And that's amazing because that's the only thing that I remember about the swine flu was that guy preaching a sermon about it. I don't remember the whole country shutting down. I barely can. Anybody, can, can you remember when, when we were facing SARS, uh, the SARS virus a few years back, several years back? I, I can barely, vaguely remember that, but I don't remember anything taking place in our nation such as we are seeing and have seen this past week. And I think that we're all, we, we can all say that. I mean, it's a, it's a major deal when, 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 listen, when they shut down this, the major sporting events, when Major League Baseball postpones its season, when the NCAA tournament, March Madness, cancels their tournament, when the Masters golf tournament is canceled. I mean, you're talking about some major things in this world. Um, the NBA, the NHL, all major sports have, have basically been shut down. 
uh, businesses and schools are, are delaying going back. You know, they've closed down and they're delaying going back after spring break. Even Six Flags and uh, Disneyland, all of these things are closing and shutting down. I mean, there's been a major... This virus and this attack from this virus has had a major impact on our nation and on the world. Um, gatherings in many, in many states and cities, gatherings of over 250 people have, uh, have, been, have, been lim- have been discouraged and limited to only 250 people, which has affected a lot of churches. Um, our, our, our Pentecostal Church of God uh, district youth uh, gathering youth rally that was to take place this past Friday night was dismissed because of um, the concerns of the coronavirus and because of the uh, admonition, you know, to hold everything to under 250 people. The governor of Kentucky earlier in the week, even um, he's, he wanted all the churches to dismiss services and many churches are closed today. Thank God we're open today and we're having church today. Amen. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I would defy them if they said not to. I don't know. I imagine I'd still go ahead and have church for anybody who wanted to come and have church. Amen. Because I don't believe, in, and that's what's happened here with David. David is saying that we cannot allow fear to control our lives. And that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do. Isn't that right? The Bible says that God, and we all know this verse, that God, and I'm just talking to you out of my heart this morning, that God has not given us the spirit of fear. How many knows that's true? That, 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 that's, a, that, that's a verse that all of us know. And, uh, but, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. That verse tells us that, number one, that fear is a spirit that can get a grip and get a hold on a person's life. And it tells us also that fear does not come from God. Now we know there is a healthy fear, but that's not what I'm talking about today. We know there is a fear of God, a fear of the Lord that's a reverence and a respect for God. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about that fear that grips people's hearts, that that causes them to live their life in, in torment and causes some of the reactions that we're seeing in our nation today when everybody's in a panic, everybody loses loses their head, everybody just goes nuts. Come on, I'm talking to you out of my heart. And, and there's a run on, uh, you know, man, I wish we had that room full of toilet paper. We could pay the church off. There's a, there's a, there's a run on, uh, on food and, and, and personal items and all these things, you know. And, and, um, and, and so people are being motivated today by fear. Amen. Our president has declared a state of emergency in the nation. There's panic buying and are going on in America today and the store shelves are empty. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. The media and the news the news people are feeding this and uh, uh, feeding the, the fears of the people. I, I, I you know I, 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 I hesitated on even speaking about this this morning because I don't know about anybody else but I 
and sick and tired of every news reporter and news article. This is all they can talk about. It's like it's the end of the world. Now, I'm not minimizing this at all. I'm not saying that it's not a concern. Yes, it is. I'm not saying that you and I should just ignore it and blow it off as being nothing. I'm not saying that at all. I believe that we need to use common sense. That's the main thing right now. Nobody in this country has got any common sense anymore. I believe we need to use common sense. My mom, I don't know about anybody else, but my mama taught me to always wash my hands before I ate and after I went to the restroom and she taught me good personal hygiene, amen? So wash your hands, as I said a while ago. If you have fever, if you have symptoms, if you are sick and, 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 and you, you know, you're, you're running a temperature, whatever, don't, just stay home. Don't come to church. Church. Don't go out in public. Stay home. If you want me to come and pray for you, I'll tell you this. I was raised up by a pastor and, and, and in a church that, that, you know, I would go with my pastor to pray for people in the hospitals that were sick during flu outbreaks and he would go in people's homes and he would pray for the sick with them burning up with fever and he would pray for them for God to heal them and believe in that God would protect him and God did. I'm not afraid to come to your house and lay hands on you and pray for you. I'm not afraid to go into your hospital, to a hospital room and anoint a sick person with oil and pray over them. I believe that if I'm doing the work of the Lord, that God is big enough to take care of me. Well, praise the Lord. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's being presumptuous. I don't think that's being dumb. I, amen. God has called me. He said that believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Pentecostal full gospel church today has seemingly thrown out the Bible. We don't seem to believe that God really heals anymore or that God really answers prayer anymore. But the Bible still says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. I believe the word of God today. So I'm telling everybody to use wisdom. I'm telling everybody to do the same thing that you've been told by the news media this week. But they are spreading this frenzy of fear and panic in people's lives. And there's more panic. It seems to me that there's more panic. And I heard a, another minister mention this early in the week. More panic now than there was even when during the attacks of 9-11. And so the devil wants you and wants me to live in fear. And any time, you know, they go to talking about limiting your church attendance or not having church services or closing down your church because of this, we know that's not coming from the Lord. Amen. 
That is an attack of the enemy. Fear is feeding people's hearts and lives. And God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. It's not from God. And so what we need to do today, what we need is we need to hear from the Lord. Because there are a lot of voices out there. And we've been listening to the voice of the media all week long. Man, I'll tell you what. I thought about this. If we, if we would get our Bibles and listen to the Word of God as much as we're listening to um, the news media, man, I'm telling you what, we'd be spiritual giants today, wouldn't we? Amen? But, but we've, been, we, we've, got to, we've got to understand that there are voices that are speaking to us. There are multiple voices that are speaking to you and I every day. There is the voice of, of Satan, the voice of the devil, the voice of fear, the voice of doubt, the voice of unbelief, all of that falling under the category of hearing from Satan that incites fear and panic in our life. But then there's also the voice of God. And we have got to hear what the Lord is saying to His church and to His people. We've got to hear the voice of the Lord. How many would agree with that today? Amen. Again, I'm not minimizing the situation, but I do want to tell you that the voice of God uh, overshadows and overrides the voice of the enemy. And you're going you're to believe, you and I, we're going to believe one voice or the other. We're going to believe, you know, Isaiah 53, I think I posted it this morning on Facebook, but the Isaiah 53 says, Who will believe our report? That song, you know, we've sang in the past. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. God's got a report and the devil's got a report. And today I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why should I flee as a bird? Why should I be filled with fear? Why should I get so panicky and worked up? Oh, Brother Ricky, the foundations are crumbling around us. I'm telling you, what shall the righteous do? The righteous need to take a stand on God's eternal word and make sure we're planted deep in the rooted in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior here today. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Fear is always declaring that the situation is hopeless. But, but, but listen, there's something about this. There's something about this whole thing, and I'm not going to politicize this, but let me say this. There is more here than meets the eye. Notice what David said. He said, The wicked bend their bow, verse 2, they make ready their arrow on the string that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. So what was taking place here, what David was, 
was, was saying here was that whatever had come against him came out of nowhere. Now, are you listening to me? He said the enemy had his arrow on the string of the bow and I didn't see it coming because he shot out of, it was shot at me out of the darkness. He laid wait for me. It was an ambush. It was something that I didn't see coming. In other words, David was saying, I was totally blindsided by what happened. When I read that, I thought, well, that pretty much fits this situation. Who saw this coming? You know what's amazing to me? Is that there are so many. You turn, get on YouTube or and all this, you know, we got a lot of prophets, quote unquote. Oh, come on, somebody. Am I doing okay? There are a lot of, and I'm not, listen, I'm not here to say this prophet was, this is a man of God or this is not or whatever the case. But here, just think about this. We have so many, quote unquote, prophets that are always prophesying good stuff. One prophet has already prophesied after the coronavirus came out, he got up and prophesied and said the Lord told him that it'd be over shortly. They would have a vaccine soon. Not to worry, it's going to be over soon. Well, why? I don't know. Now listen, now don't, don't get on. Why didn't the Lord tell him that it was coming so everybody could have got ready for it to begin with? Oh, ain't nobody with me now, are they? I'm just saying. Am I saying his prophecy's true or false? No. But, I'm, but I, what I am saying, we will soon find out whether his prophecy. I pray that it is true. I pray that that's what we're praying, that there will be a soon uh, an income. But my point is this. Why wasn't there a word from a prophet that warned us this was coming? No, it came out of, it came out of nowhere. It's, listen, there's more here than just a, a, a COVID-19 virus. This is something diabolical. This is something that has been spawned from hell. Has God done it? God didn't do it, but God has allowed it. And it shows us one thing, ladies and gentlemen. It shows us this. It shows us how quickly, how fast, how quickly things can go down the tube that you can be on the mountaintop one day and at the bottom the next day. The stock market can be busting records one day and the bottom fall out the next day. It tells us that the, it shows us that the foundation can crumble in a hurry that the foundations can fall under us very quickly and very soon and it shows us that we had better make sure that we know where we stand with Jesus Christ hallelujah amen it's a diabolical Plan. It's something that came out of nowhere and hit us all of a sudden. And so fear says you need to run and you need to hide. 
Fear gets us looking at the circumstances and the situation. But fear is so nearsighted and causes us to be spiritually nearsighted because fear never considers all the facts. Fear only considers the circumstances. And fear says flee to the flee because the foundations are going to be destroyed. There's no hope, panic. What can the righteous do? And David gives the answer. There's always an answer of faith to fear. How many knows that? And David gives the answer in verse 1. In the Lord, he said, in the Lord I put my trust. David affirms his faith. And he says, in the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to me, flee? And then David answers the question. When he says, I've put my trust in the Lord. And David says, what can the righteous do when the foundations are being destroyed? Is there, is there anything we can do? Do we have any recourse? And David gives the answer to that question. And he gives the reasons for his trust. And he says, I, I have put my trust in the Lord in verse 1. But then he says this in verse number 4. And this is what we need to get a hold of. He said, in the Lord, I put my trust in verse 4. He says this, the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Do you know what David is saying there? He's saying the foundations may be crumbling all around me and you may be telling me to get afraid and fear and run from a life. And you may be telling me that everything's falling apart. But he said, there's one thing that I do know and I do know this. I'm going to trust in the Lord because I know that no matter what it looks like in the natural, God Almighty, my Lord and my God is still on His throne in heaven. He's still sitting in His holy temple. He's still on the throne. And ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something today? That your God is still on the throne. I don't care what's going on down here. The devil may be having a field day, but I've got news for you, and I've got news for the devil. God is still on the throne, and God is still in control, and God is still all powerful and almighty in the midst of all that is going on. Hallelujah! It's, it's, it's amazing how soon we forget that, that key little thing, that, that, key, that, that key little fact that God, David said, God, the Lord is in His temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. And that's what we've got to see and understand that God's still on the throne. Can I get an amen? We need to understand that God still, now listen to me, saints, God still rules in the kingdoms of men. He still rules in this earth. Jesus, when He rose from the dead, Jesus made the statement and He said, All authority is given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. When Isaiah saw the vision of the Lord, when the foundations were crumbling in, 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 in the land of Judah and King Uzziah had died and everything was falling apart for the people of God,
and it seemed like there was no hope. The Bible said that Isaiah caught a vision of God and he was in the temple and he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up on His throne and His train and His glory filled the temple of God. See, there's something that we need to get today, ladies and gentlemen. We need to get a vision of the Lord. We need to see that God is on the throne. We need to see this. Somebody said, well, you know, God's not in control of everything. Well, I'm tell you this much. I have given Him my life. I belong to Him. And I'm going to tell you, He's in control of Rick Hensley. He's in control of my life. I will not fear what man can do. I will not fear what the devil can do. I will not fear what coronavirus can do because the Lord is in His temple and on His throne and I belong to the Lord. Come on. I'm His. Amen. Oh, he said, the Lord is on His throne. And then in verse 4 also he said, His eyes behold and His eyelids test the sons of men. Not only is He on His throne, but He beholds the children of men. He's watching. He's observing. And that word beholding means an intense gaze. Do you think that God... Do, you know, when we act, this is the way we act. We act like that God doesn't even know or care what's going on. None of it has escaped His knowledge. He knows what's happening in the United States. He knows what's going on with the coronavirus all over the face of this earth. He is looking into the situation. He's gazing intently into the situation and into your life and mine. And let me tell you, the Lord knows though the ones that belong to Him. He knows what we're facing today. He's not only on His throne, but He beholds and He sees. And he's looking, and his eyelids, the scripture said, test. They are drawn together. That's what that means, that he's looking intently. He's not just aware, but he's bent over and he's looking into the situation. Let me tell you something. The Lord God Almighty heard our prayer this morning. And every church congregation across this nation that, that stood up and prayed today, every Christian that prayed today, God Almighty is, is, has a knowledge of that prayer. He's heard that prayer. He's, he, he hears us and He knows and He sees what's going on. Of course, the devil, you know, he doesn't want us to understand that. But God sees. But here, let me, let me, I got to close, but listen. He said he's on the throne. What can the righteous do? We've got to trust in the Lord. Know that he's on the throne. Know that he is aware of what's going on. And know that he's going to do something about it if we will pray God's will, will be done in this. But notice this. His eyes behold, verse 4, His eyelids test the sons of men. And here's verse 5. The Lord tests the righteous. The Lord tests the righteous. 
You remember, I don't know, years ago, I don't guess they still do this now, but years ago, remember they, had, they would have the, the test on TV, the test of the emergency broadcast system. You remember that? You'd be watching something on TV and all of a sudden, for the next 60 seconds, we will be conducting, this station will be conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. And then they would repeat it. This is only a test. I mean, does that bring back any memories? Not to you younger folks. You don't know what I'm talking about. But they would give you advance notice. This is only... Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? That this is only a test. When the foundations appear to be wasting away, David said, what shall the righteous do? Realize that God is testing us. It's the opportunity for the church to be the church and to stand up and be the church. Come on, amen? It's for the church, it's the time and the opportunity in this time of testing for the church to stand up and say the foundations may be crumbling around us, but we're on a different foundation. Praise God. Listen to me, listen to me. We are are definitely in the last days. No doubt about that. We are definitely living in the end of time. What we're seeing taking place is is just the beginning of sorrows. Jesus mentioned earthquakes and famines and pestilence that would come in the last days. And He said when these things begin to come, it was the beginning of sorrows. It was the beginning of the birth pangs or the labor pangs. That there's more to come. And it's just amazing to me I've heard people all my life say, well, you know, I, I, you know we, we preach about the rapture, we preach about the coming of the Lord. And I've heard people say, well, you know, if I'm not ready and I miss the rapture, I, I'll live for the Lord after the rapture and I'll, I won't take the mark of the beast. I won't do that. I, I definitely know better than that. I'm telling you what, they'd be the first in line to take the mark of the beast to get a roll of toilet paper. Huh? You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, I would never take the mark of the beast. Listen, listen, you don't even want to go there. Because, because there's going to be a lot worse stuff happening on this earth than a coronavirus during the time of the tribulation. Amen? You don't want to even go there. The best thing to do is to be ready and to make sure your heart is right with the Lord and you're living for Jesus. And I know people say, well, we've heard it all these years and we've heard it all of our life. But let me just say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Let me, let me admonish you as your pastor one more time. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come. Jesus Christ is coming again. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work 
work in present and at work in this world today. We can see the spirit of Antichrist trying to gain a hold every, every day that we live. And there's only one thing, there's only one thing that's holding back that spirit of lawlessness. The restrainer of that lawless spirit of that Antichrist is the presence of the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, that church, the true church, is getting ready to leave. We better make sure that our hearts are where we need to be. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Come on, praise Him. He's coming for His church. And what we're seeing take place is just the precursor of what's going to happen after the church is gone. We think that, I don't know, the last count I had, and it may have went up, in the United States there was 50 deaths due to the coronavirus, I think I heard last night. Was that, is that accurate? How much? 47, 50, okay. So it's, it is going up, and it probably will continue. But, and, and every one of those families needs our prayers. But during the tribulation period, there are going to be plagues on this earth that are going to take out a third of the population. Can you imagine that of the entire earth? We, there's not, this is nothing compared to what's going to happen. And so my point is this. The foundations appear to be crumbling. But there is a solid foundation that you and I need to be, be anchored into today. And that is Jesus Christ and His cross and His Word. Amen? We need to be anchored on that foundation. Worship team, make your way, wake your way back. I'm going to close with one verse of Scripture, a couple of verses here from Luke's Gospel. I told you I wouldn't try not to be too long this morning. My intention today is to encourage our encourage all of us. What can the righteous do? Well, we can trust in the Lord. We can know that He's on the throne, that He's well aware of the situation, that He will hear and answer our prayers, and that He will keep us safe and protected. And I'm believing for that. Listen, listen, we believe, we believe the Bible teaches that the healing of the body is in the finished work of Christ on the cross. It's in the atonement. We have a right today, and I'm not going to take time to read Psalm 91, but you want to get your, there is, listen, that, that everybody don't know it, but there is a vaccine against the coronavirus, and it's found in Psalm 91. Hallelujah. I, I would like to, for everybody to go to Psalm 91 today and read that psalm and pray that psalm. Pray Psalm 91 over yourself and give yourself with the Word of God a shot, an inoculation, a vaccination today of protection. Listen to me. He, God is not only our Savior and our Lord and our God and He's on the throne and He knows us. God is our protector. I said he's our protector. So go to Psalm 91. Read that today. Pray it. It's only 16 verses. 
If you're going to do some praying today, pray that psalm over your life. He said, no evil, if we make him our habitation, no evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. So we need to claim those promises. What shall the righteous do? Listen, let me read this in closing. Luke 6. Luke 6, 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? These are the words of Jesus. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man... Building a house. Now, how many, how many of y'all know we're all building a house? Your house is your life. That's what Jesus was, was referring to here. He said, he's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose... And the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And what we see happening today in the world is this. The storm has come. The flood has come, spiritually speaking. It's beating upon every one of our houses. And what we see taking place in the world today and all the shaking that's happening in people's lives. Everybody's all shook up today. Why? Because they're not on the right foundation. The, the foundation that the majority of this world is built on is crumbling when their finances crumble, when the stock market crumbles, when the economy crumbles, and that's where their house is built, their foundation is destroyed, what are they going to do? But I can tell you what the righteous are going to do. The righteous are going to still be standing when the storm is over because the righteous have made Jesus Christ their foundation. Amen. That's how important it is to know Jesus, to know the Word of God, to be grounded and rooted in Him. Hallelujah. This is going to pass. I said, this is going to pass. Somebody said, well, Brother Ricky, what if it spread over the whole nation and hundreds of thousands of people die? Well, I can tell you this much. If I do get the coronavirus and if it was to take my life, I will open my eyes in glory in the presence of the Lord. You can't shake me. You can't shake my faith. You can't make me afraid because my foundation is Jesus Christ and His precious blood. Come on and let's give Him praise today.